of Pastor Chinedu Nwosu of The Bridge, A Simple Church. Stay back and be blessed. Chapter 15, verse 13 to 15. I know that technology, uh, this generation, we do a lot with um, print, um, projecting the scriptures, but I think sometimes it is a major disservice to us because people come to church and they just believe that they will show them the scripture. So there's no need to carry their Bible. But you see, the problem is when the devil starts chasing you, the media team will not be around. They will not be around to show you the scripture. <laughs> when that problem starts afflicting you at home, nobody in the media will be around to show you the scripture. You have to be able to find it yourself in the Bible. So that's why it's important that you have your Bible. Hallelujah. John 15, 13 to 15. Let's read together, everybody. If you don't have the KJV, look at the screen. But if you have, you can read from the King James Version. He says, greater love had no man than this. Want to go? Let's start again. Want to go? Greater love had no man than this, that a man laid down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what is his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard of my father, I have made known to you. I want you to read again this time. I want you to put a smile on your face because it's so reassuring that Jesus calls us friends. Let's go one more time. John chapter 13, 15, 13 to 15. Want to go? Greater love, put a smile on your face, had no man. Sorry, want to go. Greater love than this. That a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends. If you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth I call you not servants. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth. But I have called you friends for all things that I have heard of my father I have made unto you. For emphasis, Jesus says, you are my friend if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I do not call you servants for the servant knoweth not what the master does. But I have called you friend. Look at somebody and say, friend of Jesus. Can I have a word with you this Sunday morning? Look at somebody else and say, I'm a friend of Jesus. Another person said, are you a friend of Jesus? Oh, come on, somebody say, I'm a friend of Jesus. But I have a question for you. Are you a friend of Jesus? Oh, look at somebody else around you who is not smiling at this point. Say, well, I'm a friend of Jesus. I don't know about you. Are you a friend of Jesus? Look at somebody else. Say, I've got friends in high places. I got a friend in a high place. He sits in the heavens uh, and his name is Jesus. Uh, one more time, say, I'm a friend of Jesus. Uh, I'm a friend of God. Uh, glory to God, I'm a friend of Jesus. Mighty Father, I thank you because you are good. Thank you because you do all things well. Thank you for that word you have deposited in my heart for somebody in this local church this morning. Thank you because once again we come to reassure ourselves of our friendship with you. We're so glad and so excited that we have a friend in high places. We have a friend who is connected, who sits up in the heavens and makes the earth his footstool. Thank you mighty father for today we have run to have service with our friend. Help us today to live with a revelation and enlightenment and knowledge that we have a friend that is greater than every other friend 
friend. We'll give you all the glory and all the praise in Jesus' mighty name we pray. One more time say, I have a friend and his name is Jesus. Shout it out, say, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. I am a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. I'm a friend of God. You don't like me. That's okay. But I have a friend who likes me. You don't want to see me. That's all right. I have a friend who wants to see me. You don't know where I live. But I have a friend that knows exactly where I live. I have a friend and his name is Jesus. The topic of my conversation and my preaching this morning is I am a friend of God or friendship with God. Let me read two other texts to your hearing that considers a particular friend of God that we're going to emphasize today and for the rest of the month, I'm going to spend time teaching on this friend of Jesus. What a good place to start. James chapter 2 verse 23. The Bible says, and the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto Abraham as righteousness and because of that he was called a friend of God. Second Chronicles chapter 20 verse 7 also speaking about God's friend called Abraham. He says, and not thou our God who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel and givest it to the seed of Abraham thy friend forever. Abraham, thy friend forever. What an honor and a privilege to be called a friend of God. To be, to have friends in very high places. To have a friend who sits in the heavens. You know a man, to know a man, you first consider his friends. Somebody said, if I want to know the kind of person you are and I can't see you, all I have to do is to find out the kind of friends you have around you. And then just by the way, just in case there's a lady here who is dating somebody who they don't stay in the same city, let me just give you one expo. For you to really know who that person is, you must find out who his friends are. Forget about what he's telling you. Listen to what his friends are doing and what his friends are saying. It gives a little idea of the kind of person he is. Because the Bible, not the Bible, but it is commonly said that friend, uh, birds of the same feather flock together. So friends always flock together. To know the kind of person you are, all I have to do is to examine the kind of friendships you have. The kind of people in your circle, it gives me a good inclination. Because you are a reflection of your friends. But we'll come to that later. You are a reflection of your friends and your friends rub off on you. So one of the things you want to do as well, if you want to change your status in life or change your perspective in life, one place to start is to change the kind of people you have around you as well. Change your friends and ultimately you will elevate and change and move to another level of glory or in your life. So God started and created man essentially for friendship. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 26 and all the way to 28, we see God's intention for creating man. God in all eternity existed as the Godhead, three in one. But at some point in time, they sought for a friend and they decided or he decided, allow me to use they and he when I talk about the Trinity. So he decided to create or to form a man essentially for friendship. 
And when you read the Bible before the fall, you read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, you see that what God essentially did in Genesis chapter 2 is that he, or in 1, he created man and said, man, you're, I created you to look like me. So I place you here on the earth. Now you do what you have to do on the earth. I do what I have to do in the heavens. So you watch me as I rule the heavens, you rule the earth. So that once every now and then or every day, as a matter of fact, the Bible made it understand in Genesis chapter 2 that God will come down in the cool of the evening to friendship or to fellowship with his friend Adam. And what he will essentially do is to, and I sometimes I try to imagine their conversation. I think the conversation will go like this. Adam, ah, what's how you ruling this place down here? What's happening here? Okay, let me show you what I've been doing up in heaven. Now, what have you been doing here? They will have a conversation on what's happening on the earth. You say, oh, is that what you call that one? Ah, you call that one an uh, ant? Wow, why did you call that one an ant? Say, well, because it's small and uh, it likes to walk from morning to night. And I thought to myself, this one should be called ant. You say, whoa, I see why you called him an ant. You call that one a donkey? Why did you call that one a donkey? Oh, he said, because that one likes to walk. I've been watching him. He can walk from morning to night. So I decided to call that one a donkey. So they were just conversing and exchanging ideas in the cool of the evening. Then the Bible says in Genesis chapter 3 that one day God came down to have the same conversation with his friend. But his friend was nowhere to be found. That friend had gone to hide behind a bushel, behind a tree. And then God said to him, Adam, Adam, where are you? He said, well, I heard the voice of your walking or your coming and I went to hide because I realized I was naked. And the first thing God told his friend was, who have you been listening to? Who told you you were naked? Then he said, well, I ate the fruit. When I ate the fruit which the woman you gave me, gave me to eat, all of a sudden my eyes opened and I realized I was naked. And God said, wow, who told you to do that? Who have you been talking to? In our court to him, that man had been speaking to somebody else who was not a friend. And that person had led man to go into what we now know as the fall of man. Hallelujah. And from that moment, God's heart was broken because he was no more in fellowship with his friend. As far as he was concerned, he could not have a conversation with his friend anymore. And simply put, the Bible is simply the journey or the documentation of how God got his friendship back with man. That's the summary of the Bible. It is just summarize the Bible, very simple. God, in all eternity, sought for a friend, created a friend, made that friend man, shared that friend look like him, and at some point, the friendship was broken, and then God sought for a way to bring, them, bring back, restore the friendship that he had with man, and that is all the Bible is all about. God chasing man to be in friendship with him. And in that pursuit, 2,000, about 4,000 years ago, God found a man that he said, this man, will start, from you I'm going to start again to build friendship with, the, with, 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 uh, with, with mankind. And that man was Abraham. Before that time, God had no friendship with anybody. He visited some, he spoke to some, he spoke to Noah, he spoke to that person, he dealt with this, but there was no intimate conversation because friendship means in fellowship and intimacy all working together. But the Bible says, as God one day found that man called Abraham, he said to Abraham, you today shall be my friend, not just my friend, but my friend for eternity. So all the things we enjoy today as seeds, as children of Abraham, is because God had a friend called Abraham. And we enjoy the benefits of friendship. Am I talking to somebody? So Abraham became that friend. That is why at least in three scriptures in the Bible, the Bible says in the mouth of two or, two or three witnesses, a thing is established that God in those scriptures called Abraham his friend. 
He says, Abraham, my friend forever. Oh, he believed me. And because he believed me, I imputed righteousness unto him. And beyond that, I have made him my friend. Today, the same friendship God had with Abraham, God wants to have with you. God wants to have with Abraham, a friendship with you. But the problem is, we have gotten all sorts of ideas about who God is. And I hope that today, I'm going to try to erase some of that ideas or build on what you have and give you what is God's perfect will of his idea and his relationship with you. Some of us here today serve a God who is just a creator. A God who is just a creator. Elohim, the one who created the heavens and the earth. So as far as you're concerned, God is up there. You are here. God is doing his thing. You are doing your thing. You have to hustle to make it work or else you're in trouble. God is up there doing his own thing. You want to help doing your own thing. There is no relationship whatsoever because he's just your creator. In fact, some of us actually have a greater relationship with the devil than with God. You recognize the devil more. You recognize what he's doing in your life and around you than what God is doing because you only see God as creator who created the heavens and the earth and now he's on his own chilling and allowing you to suffer. But some of us even go a bit further to not just see God as creator, we see God as master, as Lord, which is great. You should see him as your master and Lord and you see yourself as a servant. So that all the relationship you have with God is that he sends you an assignment. The way you see it, God wants something, he sends you, you go and do it and then he rewards you. It's, 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 it's very simple. God is your master. God is your king. God sends you on an errand. You are simply a servant. While it is true, but that is not the full revelation. Some even go a bit further to see God as a father, which is great. God is our father. God is our father. And because he's our father, he provides for us. He protects us. Some of us, our only revelation and knowledge you have of God is that God is your ATM machine. When you need money, you go to God. God will supply. You love prayers about supply. Supply, give me, give me. Because that's the only thing you think of God. Give me husband, give me car, give me wife. He's just ATM, the supplier. While he is that, there's much more to God. So we see God as that man who is up there or that being who is up there, who is our father, who protects us, who provides for us and who has given us an inheritance and that's okay. That's correct. God has given us an inheritance in Christ Jesus. He's our father and a good father leaves an inheritance for his children. So you see God that way because he has given us an inheritance and you rejoice in the inheritance but that's where he ends. There is no other fellowship. There is no other dealing. There is no other conversation. There is no other thing other than that that God has provided for me and I thank God for that but I want to tell you and I want to introduce another dimension of your relationship with God and what God desires from all of us today God says I want to be not just your creator I want to be not just your master I want to be not just your king I want to be not just your father but I want to be your friend I think about it I want to be your friend all of us here have friends is there anybody here who doesn't have a friend is there anybody who doesn't have a bestie yeah, we all have friends. We all have besties. God says, I don't just want to be your master. I don't just want to be your father. I want to be your friend. And by the way, somebody can be your father and your mother and not be your friend. Somebody can be your brother and not be your friend. Hello? Am I talking to somebody? Can be your brother and not be your friend. Somebody can be, God forbid, your wife or your husband and not be your friend. 
But God says, I want to go past all of those relationships and I want you to take me as your bestie. I want you to take me as your friend. That's what I want from you. And that's what I need from you. I want to be your friend. So when you sing, I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. Do you ever stop to think about what that song means? That I am a friend of God. That God calls me friend. What it means is that God can rely on you and you can rely on him. What it means is that if you're going through something, the first person you tell is your friend, isn't it? He's the first person you run to. What it means is that he, can, he, can, he knows you and you know him. Your friends know you and they, you know them. They know what you can do and what you cannot do. I have friends in this city that if you say, Pastor C did this, they say, no, he can't do that one. If they say he did this, I say, yeah, he can do it. We know him. He was always inside. We just, he didn't realize. So, so God should be able to know that you know what he can do and what he cannot do. That's the height of friendship. If I ask you, what do you think God will do when you find yourself in this situation? You should be able to say, I know what my God can do. What? Because he's my friend. Because we have conversations together. God wants to spend time with you and talk with you and deal with you and understand what you're going through. And he wants you to share those experiences. He's your friend you share the experiences with. I have friends who are outside the country and they know a lot more than what's happening to the friends I have here in the country because we are closer. On chat, we always just say, this is what's going on, this is what's up, because they are my friends. God says, I want to be your friend. Enough of that person dissing you. Enough of that person saying things about you. I am the one who wants to be your friend, and I died to be your friend. So what I want to share today are just four things that I consider the benefits of friendship with God, and then three things that I consider what it takes for you to be a friend of God. It's a friendship Sunday and we've come to celebrate each other. But I want the celebration you live here with today is a relationship and a friendship with God that will start from this service this Sunday morning. Am I talking to somebody? Am I talking to you this Sunday morning? Number one, what are some of the benefits you have with being a friend? And I really want to make Abraham my case in my case study to pull out a few things from the life of Abraham. And, uh, and there are other things, perhaps, if I don't even go through Abraham. The first thing that I consider, there are many of them. I can't exhaust them all. As some of the benefits of friendship is number one, is what I call revelation. 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 One thing that is a sure benefit of friendship is revelation. Your friend doesn't find it difficult to reveal himself to you. Anyone who cannot reveal his innermost desires and secrets to you is not your friend. Anyone who cannot be, what, what am I looking for? Cannot be vulnerable with his information concerning his life is not your friend. Your friend is the one who is, you can be vulnerable with. So the first thing that is a benefit of friendship is revelation. Somebody say revelation. And I want to go to Genesis chapter 18 verse. Genesis 18, I can't read the whole story. But it's a particular story of one day that Abraham saw God. He saw three men show up in the, in the plains of Mamre and then go back and read that scripture. And then as he looked up, he saw the three men and immediately he identified, he must have realized because he knew his friend, God, and said that was God and two angels coming. And he rushed to them and began to hold them and he fed them and did all that. And they had a small celebration in his house. And just as the friend was leaving, he now spoke to Abraham and said according to the time, time of life by this time next year your wife who is barren at this point is going to have a child Sarah laughed and said hello what's wrong with this your friend is your friend okay I can't have a child because I'm gone past the years but that God said no 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 I mean what I'm saying by this time next year you'll have a child but that's not the issue then as he was finishing the conversation he was now heading to, 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 to Sodom and Gomorrah to destroy it then look at what the man said 
to himself, which is God said to himself. He said, and the Lord said, Genesis 18, 17 to 19, he says, and the Lord said, shall I hide from Abraham that thing which I do, seeing that Abraham shall surely become a great and a mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him? In other words, God had a secret in his hand that he was going to execute something in the land of Solomon and Gomorrah. But as he was going, he said to his friend, Kai, this guy is my guy. Can I hide from my friend? This thing that is in my heart, that's my mission. God's mission when he showed up on the plains of Mamre was not to come and visit Abraham. It was because he was going to inspect Sodom and Gomorrah to know how he was going to destroy the place because he said the cry of their iniquity had risen to him. But as he was entertained by his friend, he now asked himself, could I go and do this thing without informing my friend? So he said, I, I have to reveal to my friend this thing that is going on. So you see, if you are a friend of God, it means that God will always reveal to you the things that will happen before they even happen. God will always be willing to reveal to you the issues, the troubles, the solutions that you're, the issues that you're going through. Reveal answers, reveal solutions to problems. Why? Because you are his friend. He can't help but to talk with his friend. I've seen people who are introverts that don't talk, but when they are with their friends, they open up their mouth and they're introverts. They don't talk on the outside. And if you ask them, they say, well, I only talk to those who are my friends that I know. Because once there is friendship, there is a revelation. So you want to know more things about God. You want to know more things about your life. You want to know things that are going to happen in your, in your country, about your children. Then find time to cultivate your friendship with God. Be a friend of God. The Bible says in Exodus 33 verse 11 about Moses. He said, and the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. God was rebuking some of Miriam and some other and Aaron. And he said, look, you are all prophets and prophetesses. I only, I speak to you from heaven the way I speak to other prophets. But to Moses, my friend, I come down and I speak to him face to face. As a man speaketh to a friend. I reveal things that will happen unto Moses. God reveals to his friends. Jesus said in John 15 there, that if you were a servant, I will not tell you anything. But because you are my friends, I will tell you everything the Father tells me. I will tell you. So in the place of friendship, there is revelation. There is an unveiling of things that are masked. You are trying to ask God for some that. You are trying to know what is going to happen to your life. Get to be a friend of God. Get to be a friend of God. Get to be a friend of God. Number two, the second one is reflection. Reflection. Like I said, if you want to know how a man is, all you do is look at his friends. You are a reflection of your friends. So the second benefit you get from knowing God or being a friend of God is that his face reflects on you and you begin to look more like God. You begin to be transformed to be like God. You begin to think like him begin to talk like him begin to relate like him have you ever noticed some couples that after 20 30 years of marriage they begin to look alike have you ever noticed it after a long time the husband and the wife begin to look alike i don't know how that would be possible between me and my wife because i'm black she's yellow it's tough unless i do some bleaching you know? the lord help us all amen but after a long time because they keep looking at each other and they become a reflection of each other they become a reflection. So that's how it is. The more you look at God and you stay in his presence, his face rubs off upon you. And then you begin to look like him, shine like him, speak like him, talk like him. That's the benefit of your friendship with God. And when the enemy sees you, they see God showing up in that situation. 
The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 3.18, but with all, we all with open face beholding as in a glass, the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image that we behold on the glass. We are changed from glory to glory even as by the Spirit of the Lord. So when you are friends with God, the reflection of God's face shines upon your face. Number three is resources. You can't lack when you are God's friend. There are certain things you don't pray for. Certain things you don't look for. They just come to you. I don't have time to go into that. Number four is what I call refreshment of restoration. Restoration. When you are God's friend, there are certain things you don't bother yourself about. They are settled for you. You don't cry too much. I was sharing with some of my pastors. I say, honestly, between you and me, in my private prayer time, I don't give God a shopping list. I can't remember. Except for maybe when we have a specialized progress like this one now. We're doing that. There's a project going on. Uh, project so I mention it once in a while in my prayer. My private prayer, all I do is just love on Jesus. I'm trying to spend time with my friend. I don't go to... How will you feel if you have a friend? Anytime you... See, I have a friend like that, in fact. <laughs> Anytime I see his phone number, he's calling me to ask me for something. It's simple. Anytime I see his boss... There is a problem. He wants me to give him 20k or 50k. He wants one thing solved. That's not a friend. How will you feel if you have a friend, your bestie? Anytime you're with your bestie, is give me, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me one problem or the other. That's not a friend. That person sees you as an ATM and he's just trying to collect from you. That is a parasite, not a friend. So, so coming to God, your friend, and every time. Give me, give me, give me, give me. Sometimes when he, he sees you kneeling down, he would just, if it were possible, he sees you kneeling down by your bed, he would just get up and start attending to somebody else's worship. I believe that honestly, there's some people here on the earth. That is the way God sees them. Once he just sees the person kneeling down to pray, he now look, he now says, I bet he now blocks his ear. Let me listen to the one who is worshiping me because he has come again. Oh, he wants something now. What about me? What about me? So, your friend is designed to be someone that you share with and not always ask him. And I see a very exciting thing that happens here in Genesis chapter 20. Another story. Oh, please. This month, if you want to flow with me this month, go and read Genesis chapter 12 all the way to Genesis chapter 24, 25. Just go and read the story of Abraham. You will flow with me a lot in the next couple of, couple of weeks because that's where I've been feeding on in the last couple of weeks on the life of Abraham. So we see in Genesis 28 another story about Abraham who went into the city of uh, Gerar, went into a country called Gerar, and then when he was entering the country, he saw his beautiful wife. Ah, Gadaza, who must have been like my wife? He saw his beautiful I said, ah, wife, you are too fine. If I don't tell them you are my sister, they will kill me. <laughs> because of you, to give you the, the way Sarah must have been. Some of us don't understand how beautiful Sarah was. She was extremely beautiful. So that Abraham said, if I don't tell them, if I tell them you are my wife, they will kill me because they will want to take you. So please, your beauty is too much. So say you are my sister, so I can be spared. But you put a balance to that. As beautiful as Sarah was, Peter says, Sarah knew how to call Abraham his, her lord she surrendered and submitted to Sarah, Abraham as his lord sorry as her lord and that we too should learn the women today should learn that no matter the glory you have that man is your husband 
So by the way, so so she said, look, so because of that, please just tell them you're my sister. He lied. That was a lie. It was a technical lie. It was a white lie. Because really, she was his sister, but she was also his wife. So he said, let's use the sister part now. So the Bible says, he's convenient. You know, you know, if you read the life of Abraham, you see that even though we idolize him as the father of faith, the man like me, he's a man of like passions. The guy could lie sometimes. He could deceive people sometimes. And that was one of the encounters. So he said, so in fact, when Abimelech saw him, true to his word, Abimelech, the moment they saw Sarah, said, ah, get that girl. I want her man as my wife. I want to add her to my harem of wives. That woman is too fine. It can't pass my eye. And then the Bible says he took Sarah home. But before God made sure that he restrained Abimelech from touching Sarah, because Sarah was somebody else's wife. So one night when Abimelech was sleeping, God showed up and said, look, if you touch that woman, you die. That's somebody else's wife. If you touch that woman, you will die. And another person's wife. So those of us who are struggling with adultery and fornication, when you are touching somebody's wife, what you are looking for is death. If you touch that woman, you will die. That's another, and the only reason God gave him is that that is somebody's wife. If you touch another person's wife, I will kill you. Amen. Don't be afraid. We don't have them in this church. They're in the next church. So nobody, God's not going to clear anybody here, okay? Because nobody here is touching another person's wife. Amen? Uh, that amen is weak. Hello? Nobody here is touching another person's wife. Ah. <laughs> Should I? I think I'll, let me go to the next church because I don't know this is not the church I'm pastoring. I said nobody here is touching another person's wife. Amen. And nobody here is touching another person's husband. It's still not loud. It's not loud at the back. Nobody here is touching another person's husband. Nobody here is touching another person's wife. Amen. Even if you are single, that person you are booking is another person's wife. That person you are sounding the mic. Hello. Is this thing working? Is this working? That's another person's wife. L louder, right? Oh, 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 oh. God says if you touch another person's wife, when you are not married to that person, that you will die. Let me read the scripture because you, so it will look like I said. Pastor didn't say you will die. God said. Genesis 20 verse 7. Now therefore restore the man his wife for he is a prophet and he shall pray for thee and thou shalt live and if thou restore her not know not that thou shalt surely die thou and all of thine shall die. So when you are sleeping with a lady that is not your wife or your husband whether you are married as in adultery or not married as in fornication that is an invitation of death into your life. Oh, I don't know why I'm sounding like a deeper life preacher but there's a deeper inside of me I know you don't see it sometimes but it's locked up inside there's a deeper, you will die someone shout a loud amen. amen all those that are sleeping with people that are not their wives will die, shout a loud amen amen, hey, amen. it's quiet now I'm giving you Bible. I'm not giving you the law because Abraham did not live in the law. He lived in the promise. This is of the promise before the law. So let's say it again. Any man or woman that is sleeping with somebody that is not his wife or husband will die in Jesus' name. <laughs> it's quiet. Oh, Father, we plead your mercy. If you were to hold our sins against us, we'd be dead men by now. 
Lift up your voice. Say, Father, I ask for your mercy this morning. Look, let's pray that. Give you 30 seconds. Say, ask God for mercy. Open up and say, Father, ask God for mercy. If I were to judge me according to my behavior and what I did yesterday, what I did last week, I should not be alive today because I have tampered with things I should not tamper with. I have gone to places I should not go. I have touched things I should not touch. It should not be my portion. So I ask for your mercy, oh God. Let your mercy cause judgment to, to be driven away from me and let your mercy triumph over judgment. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. So let me go back to my teaching. So, so God said to him, that woman you're touching is not your wife. And if you continue, you will die. Then he said, hello, I didn't know that. She, he didn't tell me. He didn't tell me that he's his wife. He told me he's his sister. God said, that's the only reason why I've spared you so far. Because I know from the innocence of your heart that you never knew he was the wife. But I'm telling you now, you better give it back to that man. Now, God did all that for Abraham, even though Abraham lied, even though Abraham de deceived everyone, but God knew that that is my friend and was protecting Abraham, restoring to Abraham, even when Abraham did not know. When you are a friend of God, there is uh, an activation of restoration that comes to you, whether you deserve it or don't deserve it, whether you are praying for it or you're not praying for it, things just are happening for you. That is God working for you because you are his friend. He wants to see you happy. He wants to see you enjoy. He wants to see you have the great things in life. So God therefore begins to work on your behalf to make things work together for you so that you can't be crying too much. You are God's friend. For me as an individual I made a covenant with God or a, 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 a pursuit in my spirit. A yearn in my spirit several years ago. I gave my life to Christ in 1992. A long time ago some of us were not born then. That's when I knew Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I accepted him as Jesus, as my Savior. And at that point, I said, the only thing I really want from God is to make God my friend. And the way I understood it in the revelation I have then was that I want to enjoy this walk I'm going to have with God. I want to enjoy my walk with God. If I'm going to be a Christian, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to suffer it. I want to enjoy. I don't want to be complaining. And so for all my life, all I have always sought for is how to enjoy my walk with God as a Christian. I tell you the truth and I lie not. The truth is, maybe I should have sought for something else. But I know that this one is the thing I have sought for all my entire life. How can I just enjoy my walk with Jesus? I wanted to enjoy being a Christian. And for that, I've been called all sorts of names. I've been abused. I've been talked about. I was the first person to become a Christian in my family when everybody was having fun. But I said, I wanted to love God. I just wanted to be with God. They called me all sorts of names. My cousins then used to call me Jeroboam. I'm a Jeroboam. The king of the Jews. As a Jew man. <laughs> you know who they call Jew men? Do they use that now? What's the current lingua now? For a Jew man. You know what they call a Jew man? Who doesn't know how to have fun? Uh, hello, what do they call them now? Uh, in my time, it used to be Jew man. You don't go to parties. You don't drink. You don't smoke. You don't chase women. You don't do all that. You are just there. Jew man. So when, they, when we are going somewhere, they say, that's my cousin, the pastor, or the born again cousin, the Jew man. So they just leave me out. So they ridiculed me. You can imagine peer pressure. Everywhere we went to, we we'll go to a place, a party, they give all of them drinks, and I said, oh, that Jew man, they're giving malts. He won't drink with us. Just give him malts. They're going to all night party. They say, no, no, this one, let's, they are going to the party. We come from a friend's place. We are, when it's time to go to the party, they pass through the house, they drop me at home. Because our Jew man will not follow them there. He will just go and spoil show for us. Jew man. But while they felt that I was not having fun, the truth is, in my heart, I was loving on the Lord. I have no regrets as a young man. I have absolutely no regrets 
in loving God and being a friend of God. It has helped me in so many ways. And I want to introduce, there's quite a number of students here today. I want to introduce that friend to you today as Jesus. Am I talking to somebody? Be a friend of God. There are certain things you don't bother about. That's why I don't bother about many things. I know I have a friend and he's got my back and he's going to look up. So how can I become a friend of God? Quickly, quickly. How do I become a friend of God? And this is the crux of today's mass message. Number one, everything starts with reconciliation. Reconciliation is answering the call. I don't have time to look at Abraham's life, but if you go to Genesis chapter 12, you see that God gave Abraham a call. He invited Abraham to come with him to a place that he would show him and that he didn't know. And Abraham followed and left his family, left his household, left his country. He left three things. He left his country, he left his family, he left his household, and then he followed God. So he answered the call. Everything starts with a relationship with God, reconciliation. You want to be a friend of God? Then you must reconcile with God. And I have good news for you. God has sent me today as an ambassador to speak about God's reconciliation to you. And I have one scripture I want to, this scripture is going to bless you. For those who are here today, I don't want you to go out without being a friend of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Let's read from verse 18 and 19. Open that scripture. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 and 19. Oh, everything. Becoming a friend starts with reconciliation. And I have such great news. Though the Bible is the gospel. The gospel is the good news that you go like, hello, is this really true? Well, I have some good news that will blow your mind in church this Sunday morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 18. He says, he says, he says, all things are of God who had reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and had given us, given me. So he reconciled me first by Jesus Christ and now has given me a ministry of reconciliation. Look at verse 19. Verse 19. To wit, that God was in Christ Jesus reconciling the world unto himself, not in Putting their trespasses unto them who had committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Simply put, God is not putting all your failures, all your lies, all your cheating, all your fornication, all your adultery, all the things that you did wrong. He's not imputing it to your account anymore. He's simply saying, come the way you are. I will deal with the matter. That is such great news. So you mean just like that, you can become a friend of God? Yes, you can. He's not saying go and stop sinning. Go and stop lying. Go and stop cheating. Then come, I cannot have friendship with you. No. He's saying come the way you are. That thing you think is a big deal, it's not even a big deal to me. I'm not imputing it to you. But come and be reconciled with me. Not accounting their sins unto them again. I don't know what other good news that you expect. It means everything that you have done that was wrong is not important when you want to come and reconcile with God. He says, I'm not holding it against you. On your account, I didn't write it there. The only thing I wrote there is that I asked you, I invited you for a call and you have not answered. And today you should answer. Reconciliation with God. Friendship starts with reconciliation. Reconciliation. Someone say reconciliation. Reconcile with God. Not holding it against you. Friendship means like God said, I like you. And because I like you, I want to reconcile with you. I want to, I've reconciled with you. I don't, I'm not imputing it to you. So you come to me and I will receive you the way you are. Number two, 
you start to reconciliation. And for those of us who are born again here already, who are reconciled, he said, well, that's great. That's the starting point. But I want you to go further to build a relationship, a liking friendship with me. And if you look at the life of Abraham, how did he prove that he had a relationship with God? Number one, he answered the call. Number two, he obeyed God. There was hardly anything God asked Abraham to do that Abraham did not do. Just that he did some things that God didn't ask him to do. He went in some ways that God didn't tell him to go. But as for God asking him to do, he did everything God asked him to do. He obeyed God. He didn't just obey God. He went further to even make sacrifices on God's behalf. Building a relationship and fellowship and friendship with God means you will have to obey him. You will have to make sacrifice. You will have to listen to his voice. You will have to follow him wherever he leads you. It might be dangerous like Abraham. Oh, I wish I had the time to teach you about Abraham. You will see that the all of the Chaldees and Haran, as a matter of fact, where Abraham lived in those days, 4,000 years ago, they were more duplex houses with some kind of cooling ventilation, natural ventilation system, sort of like air conditioner. And Abraham was a wealthy Sumerian. His family was a wealthy family in the all of the Chaldees. So out of that comfort, the greatest civilization that existed then, where they had the Zugarets, there were huge temples that they used to, that they were places of worship. And one of those temples was designed to reach the top of heaven. That was the city Abraham was. And God called him out of there, follow me to a place that you don't know. And he left everything and followed God. And the Bible says he left the comfort of their home and he dwelt in tents with all his family forgetting all the joy and the glories before but he obeyed God that was why God said this guy is my friend this man that can obey me like this he's my friend obeying God in times difficult situations that's friendship and then number three beyond reconciliation relationship is reverence reverence some people are afraid that we should not teach about being God's friend because it means we will stop respecting God. No, that's not what it is. Just because I'm your friend, it doesn't mean I don't respect you. I have friends. I respect them. And I know that they're my friends. I don't talk to them anyhow. I respect God. So, so, so you must have reverence and deep worship for God. You must give him the best part of your day. That's what friendship is. And like I said, you don't come to God always looking for things, but just to be with him. When was the last time you actually took out 20 minutes and said, today, I don't want to ask you for anything. I just want to love you. I just want to sing to you. I just want to worship you. I just want to stay with you. I just want to talk with you. I just want to hang out with you. That's the word. Hang out with God. When was the last time? You're not reading something or following one online prayer that you're not even listening to. You're not interested in really. You're just logging in so everybody knows you're there. Or you're doing one thing. I mean, just, just you and I, alone with God. Let me take out just one hour or two. Let me take out just one weekend, one day, just to chill with my homie. Chill with my guy, my God. Hang out with Jehovah. Hang out with the J to the E to the H to the O to the V-A-H. J to the E to the S-U-S. H to the O to the L Y S B I R L T. And I used to be a rapper too. <laughs> Got it inside. When was the last time you did that? If you do that, there are certain things that are solved in your heart. Solved in your heart. For example, there's a woman here, you have a lump 
the lump in your belly. The right side of your belly is painful. You've just listened to an amazing message by Pastor Chinedu Unwosu of the Bree Church. Join us every Sunday at 9 a.m. at the Nafield Arcade and Water Park, Vuse Zone 7, and midweek services at the Chiroton Hotel, number 30 Sokode Crescent, Vuse Zone 5. God bless you.